Today's episode is sponsored by Awesome Labs. For everything you need to build your own online store, do the smart thing. Visit beawesome.co.za. Awesome Labs, the web is chemistry. You're listening to Big Shot Business Podcast. The what, the why, and the how of building and running a successful business on the African continent. Here's your host, Linkford Biz. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Big Shot Business Podcast. I'm glad you could join me today and it's... It's quite an amazing week. The, the, the year has started and we've already been seeing some of the things that need to be done on the continent getting started. It's a really interesting moment for us and also quite a sad moment uh, considering that a number of other countries, including South Africa where I am, re-implementing lockdowns, which is very bad for business. I still believe that lockdown is not going to solve the spread of coronavirus or anything of that sort. But anyways, it is the situation we are in, however, Whilst that's the situation, as entrepreneurs, we never stop thinking about how to solve uh, solve problems. We never stop thinking about what things we need to do for the continent. As you know, the Big Shot Business Podcast is the place where we talk about how to build to run a successful business on the African continent. But over the months, I've realized that solving business problems on the continent is not only about business problems on the continent it's also about the politics on the continent it's also about the way the continent is structured it's also about the african people we have begun to be all inclusive because politics is affecting business whilst we are very focused on 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 doing business on the continent we have to find solutions for the political sphere we have to find solutions for the social sphere and well what is entrepreneurship if it's not solving problems. But anyways, this week, we're going to be talking about industrializing Africa. There's been a very loud call over the decades for the industrialization of the continent. While that call has been agreed on widely across the continent, it's interesting that 2021, we're still talking about it. And that's the funny thing. We are still talking about it. We have not seen massive projects of industrialization across the continent. And most people would be wondering what could be the problem for that. But as entrepreneurs, I'm sure we all come across this one moment or another. Capital. Most of the times we're told that the reason Africa is not developing that rapidly or the reason Africa is not developed or there's no infrastructure or we're not industrializing is lack of capital, which how can Africa not have capital? It's a very interesting thing. How can we not have capital? It is reported that 60 to 70% of African capital is shipped to Europe and other places, including the United States. 60 to 70% of African capital. Imagine that. Those are African business owners that after making their profits, they don't invest it on the continent. They send it outside. So how can we expect anybody to be bringing money to Africa when we Africans, we're not investing it within the economies on the continent? We have just continued what the colonialists were doing. Make money in Africa, send it somewhere else. For them, it was send it home. But for us, where are we sending it? Which goes back to ownership that we've been talking about for the past weeks. And anyways, there's a report by Global Justice Now that was published saying that more wealth leaves Africa than comes in. They give an example of the year 2015, where about 165 billion US dollars was brought to Africa in terms of aid, um, loans, and different other forms of funding. But in that same year, 203 billion US dollars was taken from the continent. That's a deficit of almost 40 billion. Those are interesting figures to me because this is the continent where everybody says, no, there's no capital for us to develop. But $203 billion goes out when only uh, 165 comes in. 
in looking at those figures, we understand that Africa does have capital. If that's not the problem, what really is the problem with industrializing Africa? Perhaps to answer that question, we first need to answer the question, why must we industrialize? Studies have shown that intracontinental trade, that is to say trade within the continent, has mostly been for value-added goods. It's very good for, for, for most of the countries and most of the businesses involved. It's very good. Extracontinental trade has remained very low uh, when we look at the complexity index. We have continued the colonial model of exporting raw materials whilst importing value-added goods. And that's a problem that is causing Africa to, to continue at the level it is when it comes to global markets. The fact that we can do that trade between ourselves, the fact that we can actually send value-added goods amongst ourselves, it should be good grounds to start exporting. But then with that, that's where the first problem starts. The manufacturing of value-added goods requires infrastructure in place, meaning without that infrastructure, we cannot really do the volumes for meaningful trade. We cannot handle those volumes. So we need infrastructure in place. That infrastructure, we don't have. Secondly, our nations were not born, but cut out like paper shapes and distributed amongst colonialists. We didn't realize that from the beginning, we never had borders, but we had tribes, we had kingdoms, which they divided and split up with their colonial lines. This is very evident. If you go across the continent, this is almost everywhere. You find the same people on either side of the border going to prove that these colonial lines were not of our design. Now, once these paper shapes were cut out, they created systems on top of them. A few years later, or a couple of decades in other cases, or a century even for, for, for some, a couple of centuries, Independence comes, they're like, oh yeah, boy, you're independent now, you run the country. The economies that those paper shapes were based on, they were surviving mostly because of commodities, maize, wheat, coal, and the rest. They were at the level they were because those commodity markets were viable. Over the years, commodity markets are not as lucrative as they used to be, given natural disasters, political instability, war, and so many other contributing factors. Those things have changed over the time, which has led to government deficits because they used to depend on these commodities. And now those commodities are no longer giving as much returns or as much reward as they used to. And governments across the continent have supplemented those deficits with loans from IMF, World Bank, and recently China. Right. And that's a very that's a very interesting thing, how we have supplemented with sources from outside Africa and we've never really looked onto the continent where everybody else is getting their wealth. It's a very interesting thing. Now, we need to recenter our economies so that they are within the constraints of something that we control, which is why we need to industrialize. So with this agency, really, with this agency, what's, what's, what's the real problem? What's the problem at the center of delay or so far failure to industrialize? I looked into it and there, there are lots of problems that, that, need, that need to be solved to enable industrialization. I'm glad some of them are actually being solved right now, which I still applaud the efforts being done by the Africa Continental Free Trade Area. It's, it's a very nice initiative. But one of the problems, for starters, it's the, the problem doesn't even have anything to do with the continent or business, but mindset. The idea that a politician must be some big shot with money and a big car, this has led to political business people. I'm sure you have seen them. 
You cannot tell whether they're into business or they're into politics. They're like somewhere in between there. It has sent out an image to people that for you to be a successful business person, you need to get into politics. Or for you to be very wealthy, you need to get into politics so that you can control business people. I think with that mindset, I would even say we are the fruitful ground, so to speak, for corruption. But anyways, it's not an African problem. This is a this is a human problem where you find wealth being congregated or concentrated amongst an elite few. And that has become a problem, right? And industrialization has been slowed down by that mindset and the picture it then portrays because we know very well politicians cannot solve our, our, our problems. We know very well that business alone will not solve our problems. And the combination of both, unless it's for the benefit of the people, it will solve nobody's problem, but just enrich a few. We need to solve that mindset problem. Another, another problem I noticed was leadership. And I know this is becoming a, an annoying bell, right? We keep talking about poor leadership, poor leadership, poor leadership. But it's high time we stopped the talk and actually started implementing better leadership perhaps just replacing the current leaders we have with better leaders, leaders that understand what it means to, to, to lead and have a vision for the continent, not just guesswork based on what they think the West will approve. You know, I, I still find it very funny when, when leaders seek approval from other countries. This is what the whole world is doing and how would we look if we don't do it? How, what would we look? We don't care about how we look. We care about taking care of the people that are on the continent, right? So anyways, we have not had leaders that are willing, uh, you know, that have the, the political will actually and the discipline to do what's necessary. And when I say to do what's necessary, I know that's very vague and I'm, I'm not much for, 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 for being vague, especially in statements that need action. So when I say political will, it's coming together and saying, if we're going to have the best logistics and uh, the best movements of people and goods on the continent. We need to pull together funds and build the infrastructure that will cover the entire continent. Because we do have those funds. We do. That political will to come together and make a decision, not say uh, this decision is for 2066, this decision is for 2072, or any of that. That's nonsense. Make decisions now. Don't kick the can. Don't kick the can down the road. You, you're going to get there. Or we are going to get there and we'll have to deal with your nonsense. Just make the decision. So the political will is uh, uh, something that is very important for us to be able to accomplish the level of industrialization that the continent needs now. And on discipline, if we're going to be looking at the development of the continent, discipline is about commitment. You say one thing and you do it. Commit to the things you said you're going to do. Commit, commit and do it. That's discipline. That shows discipline to me because once you have said you're going to do something, you have to do it. Otherwise, why are you in power if you cannot do what you say you will do? That's one of the problems. We need leaders that have the political will and the discipline to accomplish these things. And um, another problem I also discovered was finance. I know this is very funny. I always find this very funny. I'm sure you have already guessed it. How can we have a problem with finance when money doesn't exist? It's a created thing, right? What's, what's stopping Africa I mean, Bitcoin guys did it. All the, the cryptocurrency guys did it. How many people are investing in cryptocurrency today? It has become not necessarily adopted legal tender, but people have faith in it. And what is, what is, what is money if it's not faith? 
You get it? What is money if not faith? Because all currencies are based on faith. All currencies, they're based on faith. People trusting that what a hundred rand could buy today, it will still be able to buy tomorrow. But we know also that that faith is very flimsy because if I go back to the shop and find that the money that I had yesterday and could buy bread with, today I can't, then I have no faith in the money, you see. So money itself doesn't exist. What exists is the faith, the trust that, hey, this piece of paper will be worth the goods I'm getting today and it will be worth the same tomorrow and the following day and so on and so on. That trust. That's what money is, not the piece of paper with pretty decorations and faces of people and animals. That's not what money is. So money doesn't actually exist. It's a created thing. The only thing that actually exists is the faith. So if I took anything, including my mouse, if I took that and said, this is now legal tender, and whomsoever this mouse gets to, that person now has the value of whatever denomination or whatever sign to that mouse. You get it? That's all it is. That's all it ever is. So how can we say we don't have the financing to industrialize when money is a created thing? All right. So I, I still find that very, very interesting. And for a continent that is sponsoring everybody else, it's very interesting. And that's one of the things we need to solve. We need to get to a point where we understand that money doesn't exist. It's a created thing. So we can create our own. We don't have to wait for the United States or for IMF or for World Bank or for WTO for all I care. We don't have to wait for them. We can create our own, something that will work here. You understand? And with that, we can industrialize. Because at, at most, it's just faith. That's all it is. Faith. People saying, I trust this. That's all it is. That's all it is. And that's where political will and discipline comes in. Because if you do not have the political will and the discipline, how can people ever trust what you say? Because you're not disciplined. And if you're not trained, how can you ever be disciplined? You see? So we need to get to that point where we cultivate very good faith on the continent and create our own monetary systems. Not having to, to wait for China to give loans for the IMF and then they come in and give you a loan with a long list of terms and conditions. It's very unnecessary, actually. Unnecessary for the continent. So all these debts that our nations are getting into are unnecessary because we are borrowing fakes. We are borrowing created things. They're just digits. They punched in into somebody's computer and they said, now you have a thousand bucks in your account. And then they took the same digits and punched in them into somebody else's computer and said, now you have 990 bucks. You understand what I'm talking about? It's nonsense, really. It's nonsense. The whole monetary system is nonsense, which is, which is why I'm saying we're capable of creating our own. We don't have to wait for anybody to do to, or we don't have to use anybody's money, financial uh, uh, mechanisms for us to be able to develop our continent. We don't need them. That's the, that's the whole idea. So we have to consider also that if we are to follow this, financing is the problem. We have to consider also that Africa is still viewed as a, as a risky continent, mostly created risk, but it's still viewed as a risky continent because of the instability in the political sphere, the wars and all those things. It's still viewed as a bit risky. And the underdevelopment too, it's another risk. Those are things we need to, we need to solve. Besides that, there's also another problem, which is human capital. The skills and the know-how we need to industrialize, we don't have that much of it. And most of those skills and know-how that we have cultivated on the continent quickly leaves the continent because the opportunities are not there. And it's not because somebody has to create the opportunities, but mostly because I think it goes back to that age-old question. 
why should I be concerned with matters of the collective when I'm good right here? And I think that's the bribery that most Africans are still being lured with, that I'm okay right here. Everybody else, hey, find some means of being okay where you are. Um, <laughs> it's, I don't know how this connects, but it's as if somebody is saying, and this is something I was, I, I, I was told a few uh, years ago, that it's better to own 50% of something than own 100% of nothing, right? Which I understand it makes sense, but now bringing it home to Africans that are still saying, why should I be concerned about problems of the collective when I'm okay right here? Being okay right here is not what we're trying to achieve. Being okay right here is survival. It's not living, it's not thriving. You might be very successful where you are. You might be doing very beautiful things where you are, but you'll never belong where you are. You only belong to Africa. You only belong here. You can go be successful everywhere else, but a lizard in America does not all of a sudden become a dragon. You're still an African. And it would be a shame when people are looking at you, very successful in your, in your own right, yet nothing to show for it at home. Yeah, that'd be very sad. Anyways, it's one of the problems. Our skills are exported and we are brain drained at most. So the skills and the know-how that we need to industrialize, we currently don't have that much to do large scale projects or to implement industrialization at a massive scale, which is what Africa actually needs right now. But anyways, to me, needing massive industrialization also gives us the opportunity to hire others. But instead of hiring others, what have we done? We've asked others to do it for us instead of hiring them. Now, there's a difference between asking others to do it for us and hiring them because we have accommodated the Africa-China and Germany-Africa cooperation to solve African problems. And those people come with their terms and conditions. They come with their terms and conditions. And that creates another problem. That creates another problem. And it's a bit of a complicated problem, but it's a very simple problem at the same time. Because explaining it is a bit tough, but I'll try to go as much as I can. The problem really is colonial masters have long benefited from Africa. For a very long time, they've benefited from the continent. Starting industrialization and doing things on our own is basically telling them to footsack out of here. That's basically what we're telling them. For a very long time, they've had all these profits coming from Africa. And all of a sudden, Africans have woken up and now you want to take back everything and leave them with nothing. I don't think they'll let go of power that easy. I don't think they'll, uh, they'll even accommodate the idea. They might talk about it at events like United Nations, which uh, coincidentally, well, not even coincidentally, I, should, I think this is very ironic, actually, considering who they are. Ironically, they have Africa Industrialization Day. I believe it's in November somewhere up there. It's a very interesting thing. Going around the world, sensitizing people about industrializing Africa, but at the same time, not allowing Africa to industrialize. Isn't that ironic? Isn't that uh, counter-revolutionary even? So I don't think they'll let, they'll, they'll let go of power that easy. They'll kill presidents, they'll start wars, uh, they'll sponsor and train terrorists, they'll, uh, they'll give our best minds. This is the funny thing as well. They'll give our best minds 
scholarships and citizenships to brain drain us. They'll buy the press and spread disinformation. They'll fake news. They will do almost anything, right? They will cause protests, uh, put sanctions, and even, even military intervention just to protect their profits. If that's all they're willing to do, what are we willing to do? I guess that'll be, the, that'll be the question now. What are we willing to do to gain back our continent and its wealth? What are we willing to do? I'm glad Uganda has, has started on a path of regaining the continent, regaining our means of production, regaining our supply chain, regaining. They have started disrupting the import market there, right? And started encouraging local suppliers to fill in the gap. And that's very good. And I think it's a model that should be copied across the entire continent. Uganda started promoting their local entrepreneurs to solve the problems that imported goods were solving. And this needs radical thinkers and fast implementers and leaders that have the political will and the courage to actually do it. Because many people are afraid, ooh, what will the West do? Ooh, we still owe them. You don't owe them anything. What they borrowed you is worthless. You might have done so much with it, but it's worthless. What they borrowed you was based on faith, your faith. You get it? It's time we started disrupting those import mechanisms, right, that have positioned us as a consumer of value-added goods and start creating the value-adding. I love what Kwasi Yebo was saying on, on one of the past episodes where you are saying, we need food processing plants across the continent. The manufacturing sector should be promoted more than any other. And that's part of industrialization. It must be promoted so that we make our own food instead of importing it. We process our own, uh, um, our own crops. We process our own uh, agricultural yields. Instead of having to send it somewhere else, it gets processed and then we have to import the value-added products. We can process everything here. And this is why industrialization is very important because this is what Uganda discovered. They have the iron ore. They have the skills, the engineers that are required to build. They have the designers that are required for, 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 for product design. They have almost every skill that they need and almost everything that they require to figure out what they don't know. They can stop importing and let these uh, skills and resources that they already have within their borders thrive and start filling in the gaps. Um, there's a company called Kira, I believe, that started making um, buses. They realized they do have the iron ore, they do have the skills to make these buses, and they started making them within the borders. So now the government has given them a lot of resources for the promotion and the building of these buses. And that's impressive. It's a, it's a thing that has to be adopted across the continent. Have you heard about Big Shot Business Network? It's the place to be for African entrepreneurs, business owners, and professionals just like you. Join millions of fellow entrepreneurs today by visiting likeabigshot.com. Big Shot Business Network. Connect. Share. Grow. I was saying to, um, I believe it was Rutendo Matinyarare the other time, that Zimbabwe has been under sanctions for the past 20 years. Where are the entrepreneurs? Are you telling me that it was going to take 20 years for entrepreneurs to figure out how an Intel chip works? I don't think so. I don't think it would take that long. 20 years. 20 years a child can be born and get married and have a child. 
20 years is too long to try and figure out how to go about uh, building your nation when it's under sanctions. And the relevance of those sanctions is only in what you allow. I remember uh, Strive Masiwa, he was saying, sanctions have made it almost impossible to retool. I wanted to say good for you because that gives you the opportunity to create new markets. If let's say, um, I'm going to keep mentioning Intel chips because I think I need a chip from Africa. If, if let's say his communications company needed Intel chips for whatever projects, for whatever expansion, for whatever new features or whatever new services they're bringing in, let's say they needed Intel chips. Are you telling me that over the past 20 years, they could not have figured out how an Intel chip and made an Echo chip? I don't think that, I don't think it's that complicated because I know for China, it was a bit different because China went the route, we will take your stuff, copy it and produce it here and sell it at a cheaper price than you. That's the same thing. It's not your product, but it was made from your product. Basically, that's what China, <laughs> that's what China did, right? which of course people were crying foul on um, intellectual property and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, sue them, fight them if you can. They made it, which I'm not saying we should take the same route, but I think we can re re reverse engineer a, a billion of things and figure out how some of the things work. All we need is the actual political will, the discipline to do it, and commitment, that's all we need. That's all we actually ever need. And so this opens up an opportunity for all entrepreneurs on the continent. It doesn't matter what industry you're in. Jeff Bezos started with books, now he's in spaceships, right? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where you start. It doesn't matter. Bill Gates started with Microsoft, now he's into medicine. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you're into. You understand? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether, whether you're uh, an agricultural entrepreneur. Agricultural entrepreneurs, you can also look into drone technology. It doesn't matter whether you're going to use it in agriculture or not. It doesn't matter. It's something that needs to be done. We need to figure out most of the technologies. And this is the beautiful part because we having to come onto the stage at this point means that we we get to skip all the other mistakes that everybody else went through. We get to skip all the, we get to frog leap many countries. We don't have to follow the particular path. We just have to start where everybody is now. We don't have to go through the hoops and hurdles and pitfalls that they went through to get to where they are. We just have to start where they are. And we become a global competitor just like that. All we need is the actual will and discipline and the commitment to do it because the continent needs to industrialize. We need to industrialize. Commodity markets are no longer paying us enough. And with this whole uh, uh, save the planet, Yigi Yaga, <laughs> if that's still a word, <laughs> with that whole thing going on, um, very soon there will be a call for us to stop using coal in our electrical plants, using uh, any form of fuel, fossil fuels actually to be, to be very difficult to start using them. And no one will be sponsoring projects, this thing of sponsoring projects, no one will be sponsoring projects um, that, uh, that include the use of fossil fuels. So that'll, that'll be very interesting to see how it's gonna turn out. So we need to move away from commodity markets. And some are talking about how China has become a consumer and service-based market, 
which leaves Africa now as the next cheapest source of labor. And that would encourage other manufacturers from um, even China itself and other countries that are coming into that space. That would encourage them to put their factories in Africa. Hmm. <laughs> I wonder how that's going to work out. But anyways, politicians are jumping on that opportunity because they don't have to create anything. They don't have to think. They don't have to be creative. They don't have to make anything from scratch. China will just come do everything and they give them access to their people. And that's bullshit. You have to stop that nonsense and stop it immediately because not only are you exposing our people to very harmful conditions of work, but we do not own anything that the Chinese make on the continent. And the terms and conditions that come with that, I might not know them, but I don't think they are very good terms and conditions for entrepreneurs on the continent. So instead of um, trying to force manufacturing by allowing Chinese companies and American companies to come build factories here, instead of that, we need entrepreneurs on the continent to start solving problems on the continent first. I know that factories from China will provide employment. I know that but they don't belong here. I know that may sound very xenophobic, but then it's very true. Everybody else has been exploiting the continent. What do you think the, the, the Chinese are going to be different? No, leaving their home so many, many, many kilometers away to come and promote Africa. That's a joke. I don't think they would ever come to promote Africa. So all of these incentives that they'll be providing saying, hey, give us this, we'll do that for you. Give us this, we'll do that for you. It's all to their benefit. This is business. They don't play around. This is business. They're never going to do something that is to your advantage. They'll do something that is to your temporary advantage, yeah. And to their long-term advantage, you've lost. Or they do something that is to, your, to, to, to their temporary advantage by the time you realize they're gone. You understand? So it's a very it's a very interesting dynamic, and we have to be very vigilant as as entrepreneurs on the continent. And I also think we need to start working with um, our governments, not against them. We need to start working with them to direct uh, how our economies get built. They make policy, yes, but none of them none of them are business people at most. So we need to be involved in the making of those policies. There are different ecosystems being built across the continent where public and private sector come together and create policies together, which helps build the continent. And that's a very good thing. We need to get to that point where we create our own things, where we do our own things, where we are self-sufficient, so to speak. We're not saying we should be isolated, no. What we're saying is we should get to a point where we are an integral part of the global system and not just an integral part of the global system without us, there is no global system, you understand? So we need to get to that point. We need to get to that point where our businesses are thriving on the continent and not because some aid came from some country, no, but because we have built the infrastructure and put it in place, we have put the framework in place for businesses to thrive on the continent and make sure that we get to do things ourselves. We don't import so many things, things that we can make ourselves. We don't have to import anything that we can make. Anything we can make, we don't have to import it. We can export it though. 
you see. And that's the, that's the part where we need to become, where we import far less and export far more. That's what I believe Africa should become. So to all entrepreneurs, start building your product, understanding that it can be, it can be exported. You know, start building your product with, with, with the global market in mind, but also knowing that it has to solve a problem at home, right? Most people lose out on the home market because they build their products, focus too much on the, on the global market, right? Africa is part of that global market. Make sure that your program or your, your product is also good for home, right? Or if you're making a global product, make sure that that product leads to something that satisfies home. And that's a call for all entrepreneurs. Satisfy home. We can't be expecting other people to be solving our problems. Nobody can solve our political problems. And I have not seen one country that was helped by the UN. I have not seen one country that was made successful by the IMF. I've not seen one country that was made successful by the World Bank. I've not seen one successful country that was made successful by the Africa Development Bank, which goes to tell you that these organizations, they're not here for our development. They're here for their own profits and their own, um, their own agendas. We are the ones that develop our own continent. We are the ones that make sure that the, the Africa Free Trade Agreement works. The, uh, um, the changes we need to see, we are those changes, right? We can't be complaining to government that it's very impossible to, to, to do anything with government because you guys are slow. Have you built them a system that is fast? No, you haven't. So why complain about their speed when you have not done anything to make sure that that speed is increased? You understand? So we need to start building our own um, solutions, our own platforms, our own uh, ways of doing things, right? And that's a call to industrialize Africa. From an entrepreneurial perspective, we are the ones that have the ideas. We are the ones that have... Uh, um, the means and know-how and structural integrity to withstand whatever harshness or harsh conditions might come because of the strides that we'll be taking to industrialize the continent. I understand. So let's go out there and build. The continent is calling on us. All entrepreneurs on the continent, it's calling on us to build. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Remember to subscribe, review, and share this podcast. Be sure to join millions of fellow entrepreneurs at Big Shot Business Network. For this week's show notes, visit likeabigshot.com slash podcast. Until next week, this has been the Big Shot Business Podcast.